It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. Welcome, welcome. I have a treat for you today. Let me tell you who I have with me. I have a good friend, a co-partner in a Scrum Alliance world, Mr. Chris Diller. Uh, Chris is a leadership coach and an agilist, he points out, which I, I think that that's important, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But he's also a certified team coach through the Scrum Alliance, which I think is awesome. So now you have a certified team coach and a certified Scrum trainer on the same podcast. Welcome, Chris. How are things? I am doing great. Things are great. Great to be here today. Excellent. So here's what I want to know. So the reason I picked you or the reason we picked each other is because I understand that you believe in having fun at work. Where am I going with this? You are a proponent for agile games, for games in an agile environment. Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. I am. So tell me where this is. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me where this is coming from. Tell me more about how games can be applied and just a little bit about where this came from and how did you move it? I have been a fan of games my uh, whole life, board games, video games, card games, whatever. Um, if there was a chance to play a game, I was I was there. Um, and several years ago, I was playing the game uh, Pandemic with my my uh, brother. This game was a lot more fun before COVID. Um, it, 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 it got a little too real in uh, t- t- 2020. But um, as I was playing the game, I realized there were so many parallels in that game to agile development. Uh, things like MVPs showing up, things about specialization and, and a cooperation. Operation. Um, and I started to wonder if I could maybe use that as a teaching tool in the coaching work I was doing. Um, so I put together a, a little workshop. I, I ran it as a trial with some coaches on my, my coaching team. I um, ran it with a, a team and got really great results out of it. And that was kind of the moment when I saw the real power of, of using games to help unlock uh, teams, help, help change mindsets, help, help people see things in maybe a different way. Excellent. Now, I remember Pandemic. So I actually played Pandemic as well. And like you said, it got way too real too fast. But one of the things that the company did who built it, this is kind of interesting. I don't know if you knew this, but they flipped it. So now the pandemic was there and it was your job to try to distribute the cure worldwide to solve the pandemic. So they actually flipped the game as a result of COVID, which I thought was really, really interesting because no one saw that coming. And while I'm on that topic, let's talk about people who see things coming. So I'm speaking from personal experience. I've done a lot of coaching within organizations. And one of the things that I see is a lot of times I'll engage with people and they'll say, you know, if I have to play that stupid sailboat retrospective game one more time, you know, it's just they're so used to being burnt out because someone will go to a training and they'll say, hey, I learned this one game and they'll try to just shoehorn it into every single thing they do. And it winds up being a bad experience. So my second question for you is this. If I were either new to gamification or if if I have been burnt out by something that was already existing inside of my organization, what is a real low bar entry? What is something that that, that's that's a good first attempt? If I wanted to, for example, give me an example of a game that someone could try, you know, first attempt in their organization to help them with, you know, I don't know anything better communication. Just where would you say is a good entry point for someone who wants to introduce this into their agile framework? 
Yeah, great, great question. One of my favorite games, um, I, I've run this one dozens of times in, in Agile 101s uh, within the organization I'm at, and it's it's always a, a hit, um, it, and it's called the A Ballpoint Game. Um, okay. Many of you have probably played it before. Um, it's 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 definitely um, present in a, some of the a scrum training that happens, but the premise of the game is that you have a number of balls. I've seen it done with tennis balls. I like um, the a ping pong size, and they're, they're, they're foam balls instead, um, and they have bounce a little bit but not super noisy not all over the place and the rule is that you have to pass the ball to everyone on the the team you can't pass it to someone next to you um, the ball must have some airtime as it's traveling um, and your goal is how many times can can you make a ball go through everyone on the team right. within two minutes and you do it in several iterations and so there's a, a little bit of time in between for the team to, to do a retro and talk about what's working what's not working how do we we want to work differently and invariably there is is learning there's laughter there's fun there's all kinds of stuff and i think what the real magic is of playing a game in an environment like that is the debrief afterwards having a skilled facilitator come in and actually talk people through what did did you learn how does this apply to the topic that we're here for today and that's what kind of differentiates I think just playing a game and using that a game to actually shift someone's mindset or, or, or teach them something new. I actually got a chill. The hair on my arm stood up when you said that, because I recalled something that happened and this is true. So I had a young lady who came to my class and it was a CSM class. So simple level one certified scrum master class. She said that my class was her third time taking it. And I'm like, why are you taking us for a third time? You know, I'm like, it's CSM. And she went on to tell me, and this is true. She says, the previous two instructors, she says, I learned how to build spaghetti towers. She says, I learned how to do a string game. We, we did a sailboat game. We did this, we did that. She says, I went back to work and I had no clue what I needed to do. She goes, but boy, I could build one mean spaghetti tower. And, you know, it, it hit me because I think the piece that you brought in just now is so critical that it's not just about playing the game, but it's about applying the game to real life scenario and that debrief, that critical piece at the end where people gain the knowledge that they need to as a result of doing it and understand how or why this applies in their real world environment. Speaking of real world environment, I have one more uh, addendum to that question before I ask you your last one. And that is in a virtual environment. You know, it, it, the ball game, the ballpoint game sounds great, but you know, if I'm on Zoom, it's gonna be hard for me to pass the balls. Have you made any adaptations for people who are working in a virtual world or the hybrid world at this point? Yeah, we found um, a, a couple different options that that work in the the virtual environment. One of them is called Conquer the Numbers, and it's a similar concept, but uh, the team is trying to count as high as possible. Um, and the rule there is no two people can be talking at the same time. Um, and so you've got to figure out how do we know whose turn it is next? How do we keep things going? Um, if anyone says anything besides the number, um, they, they, they have to start over back at zero. Uh, so th there's some really similar applications there. Uh, there's another one that I found online from um, another guide level person within Scrum Alliance, and it was around using haikus, and you had to read a uh, haiku in a specific order. Um, and for that one, there were three different haikus, and 
uh, as the uh, facilitator, I would change the uh, team's focus in the middle. So I'd say, now focus on number two, and they'd have to pick up where they left off on number two, oh. and then go to number three and hop back to number one and and keep track of, of uh, where they were. Um, so those are a couple ones that, that have adapted kind of different um, applications of um, of how they're applicable, but but certainly no, you can awesome. still have fun. And, and, and one of the things that I do when I'm teaching in my training classes, uh, especially when I'm teaching about WIP limits, work in progress limits, or when I'm teaching about the importance of understanding the difference between severe context switching and pure multitasking, and that multitasking is not a real thing for most people, uh, but context switching is. And when you context switch, how much, you know, uh, what percentage of your strength do you lose when you when you context switch right so i do one with three columns and i'm just throwing it out here and the first column is uh so the first column has a value at the top and the value is normally something like uh, z hyphen a slash three the second column is the word piro p-i-r-o with the word yes in parentheses the third column is x7 and what i have people do is they have to put one entry in each in each column but they can't advance to the next row until they have an entry in each column and then i tell them what the columns mean uh, letters of the alphabet backwards from z to a skipping every third letter the planets in our solar system are in reverse order from pluto back to mercury closest to the sun yes pluto is a planet and uh, multiples of seven beginning with zero and it takes your mind to three completely different places and it shows them the inefficiencies of having to jump from one to the next to the next. It's it's very similar, but what I found is people crack up laughing while they're doing this and they have such a good time and I give them a set amount of time. Then we come back later, like the next day or you know, at the end of day one, and we do the same exact exercise, but I don't tell them that the column headers mean the same thing. I say, we're gonna use the same headers, but I'm not gonna tell you what they mean. They may mean something completely different. So that way it's out of their mind. Uh, and then what I tell them is this time, I want you to do as many as you can in the first column, then the second, then the third, uh, but don't jump from one column to the next. The second you move, continue in that column. Don't leave until you're, you've exhausted the first column, then go to the second column, then go to the third. And uh, what we find is, and in that one, by the way, I give them half the time that I gave them initially. And they usually finish about twice as many the second time as they do the first time. And it's just a real eye opener to see that when you're focused and dedicated and limited your whip, that you can get more done as opposed to, you know, constantly context switching. So I love uh, that. And what what it comes up for for me there is is also the idea that um, one of the parallels I'm I'm seeing is that when you deliver column one there, you've got a finished product mm -hmm. and you can ship that today and start getting value on it today. Yes. Right. And if I'm and doing feedback. all three at once, yes, and 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 feedback so I can make it better. Maybe I don't need to skip every third letter. Maybe I need to skip every fourth. Right. Yeah. And so you can get that feedback now. And the other way of context switching constantly, you're not getting any of that value until everything's done. Everything and it's all at the end and so yep. there's there's value in focusing and getting something out now and then the other aha moment just so you know chris which is fun and you can feel free to steal this one if you'd like just give me credit no but uh the, the other thing that i do at the end is i show them quality so then i ask them to check their sheets and the quality from them jumping all over the place is poor they often miss letters they have things the planets are out of order when i have them just do one column at a time the quality is perfect they don't miss a beat yep. every single time it's right and they're just like how do you do this? And then I bust, then I really bust their chops. I tell them I only gave them half the time the second time than I did the first time. And so they can double that number. And, and when they realize that they're three to five times more productive just by not context switching and that the quality is higher and that they can get that immediate feedback and that they're getting things to market faster so they can recognize return on investment. It's just a powerful tool. 
So I guess, yeah. Chris, what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but gaming in Agile is an important topic. It's something that really can change things. And that's going to lead me to my third question for you. My third question is, I've seen a lot of Agile done wrong. I've seen a lot of Agile name only. I've seen a lot of Agile you know, uh, done with uh, credibility from a book. According to the book of who, here's the three things we need to do. You know, according to the book of who, here are the three things we need to do. You know, and it, it just, it never works. And then they come to seek your services, which I think is great. Uh, so my question is, if you could see uh, one contribution that could be made using, whether it's using gaming or whether it's a different contribution, I'm totally open to a different answer that would help teams get back on track because there's a lot of organizations I'm seeing right now where they've fallen off or they've done things wrong. How can they use this tool or any other tool that you'd recommend as an outlet? What, what, what would you, if you gave that one piece of the silver lining, a gold advice, not silver bullet, but that, that piece of advice that they couldn't live without, something that they should be paying attention to right now, what would it be? I think for me, it's really teams taking a long, hard look at themselves and being critical about the way that they're they're working. Um, I think about like the twelfth agile principle, right? We talk about inspecting and adapting at a uh, regular intervals. I see a lot of teams inspecting, or at least a lot of teams complaining about the reality they're in. Um, I don't see a lot of adapting. I don't see a lot of given this reality that we find ourselves in, how can we act differently to be more effective? Um, and that's where I focus a lot of my, my coaching. I think games have a role there. I think games allow us to kind of see those, those patterns that exist in our work through the lens of a game and it, it can it can provide a little bit of clarity you know your example there talking about um uh, about context switching we we do that constantly and and we can intuitively know that if we didn't do that we would be more effective through that simple game you described you can see it very plainly how much more effective you would be by a being focused um and so that can kind of provide a lens by which teams can can then go and look where are we context switching? Where are we, you know, doing things that aren't effective? How might we change our behaviors in order to get better results, better outcomes? Chris, I love that answer. That was perfect. I think the the way that I call it or the, the term that I use is I call it a wine and cheese party. Except for the problem is people like to bring totally. all the wine. They'll yeah. wine all day long, but nobody likes to bring the cheese. <laughs> totally. And I think that this is, you know, the, the way that you're presenting this what you're offering to help people with is you're offering a service that brings them the cheese. It explains to them that, hey, you know, whining is not a bad thing if you have some type of formidable solution or proposed solution or something that you could bring to the table to have an open and honest conversation. The problem is more organizations struggle with that concept because they don't know how to have that conversation. And the game can really be a tool that they can use to have this open and honest communication. Absolutely. You know what, Chris, it has been nothing less than a pleasure having you on here. And I'm telling you now, this guy knows his stuff. Uh, so where can people find you? Do you have a website? Do you have other places? How can people locate you if they want to contact you and secure your services? Because I can tell you it's going to be worth every penny. 
Yeah, my um, my I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. So that's the easiest place to find me. Uh, if you do reach out on on LinkedIn, I would love if you would kind of reference this this podcast as being where you you heard me. Um, I meet a lot of people, a lot of different places, and for me, it's just super helpful to know where people are coming from. Um, you can also find more about me at DillerCoaching.com. Um, I also uh, co-host a, a a meetup. Uh, we're based out of the uh, the uh, Twin Cities in Minnesota. It's Agile Games Twin Cities. We're still meeting virtually now, so. Uh, uh, we've had people from all over the U.S., all over the world, uh, joining in our our uh, meetups. So uh, we meet on the uh, the uh, second Thursday of every month. We'd love to have you join us there as well. And that's AgileGamesTwinCities.com. So AgileGamesTwinCities.com, and it's this the second Tuesdays. Yes, yeah, second Thursday. Second Thursday. The second Thursday. Yep, at at um, 8 a.m. Central Time. That's perfect. I'll tell you right now, that sounds like a lot of fun. Is it, is it like an hour or is it general? Yep. We, we, we normally go about an hour, a little bit shorter sometimes. We try to have a game uh, every month. Uh, so we've played Pandemic. We've played uh, Conquer the Numbers. We've played the uh, um, the uh, Haiku game. Um, I may steal your game here and, and uh, play that one um, in an upcoming month here as well. There you go. Let me tell you. it. it it's amazing to me when you see the gifts and the talent, you know, from different Scrum Alliance uh, authorities, right? From people who are trainers, from people who are coaches. There's there's true power, and and this is something I sincerely believe in. I, you know, I took my original training many many moons ago from Ken Schwaber, and one of the things that he told me, one of the things that he pointed out, he says, the power of the Scrum Alliance isn't going to be in the material that the people provide. The power of the Scrum Alliance is going to be in the experience that the trainers and coaches have, that they're going to be able to bring into organizations to make a true difference, to transform the world of work, to change the way people do things, to change critical behaviors and create patterns. And Chris, I'm honored that you took the time to be on the show. I appreciate it. And I can tell you that through through gamification and through the things that you're doing, you are helping people see things. And I love the way you positioned this through a different lens. And that's so important because I think that there's so many tools. Anyone can get a tool out there and anyone can go download a game or go research a game or Google a game and try it. But if you don't understand the contextual nature behind it, if you don't understand how to do the debrief after, it, it sort of loses its value. And uh, I'm just so proud to have someone like you in a community that does this because it's needed. It's desperately needed. Too many people are all work and no play. We all know what yeah. that means, right? Yeah. Well, thanks so much for for uh, having me. This is definitely an area I, I have a lot of passion around. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm all about helping teams get get a better. And I love that I can do that through the power of games. Very good. Well, I'm going to drop additional information about Chris in the links below. So if you have uh, comments, please make sure you put those in whatever you do. Go hit up that meetup. I think it's worth it. And I think it'll be fun, even if you just visit one time just to see what it's all about. I think it'd be a great opportunity. So thanks again, Chris. And uh, as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile. Until next time, do take care.